constraint in mobility or, or coordination that we can't get the knee in the right position or that kind of thing. So that's what we're looking for. But it's high forces now is what we're looking for in acceleration. And, and you know, like I said, you add tactical on top of that. Well, that's, that's Bryce. That's where Bryce Young is brilliant. He'll use our cutting actions, and he'll time it with a guy and just set him up unbelievably. Right? So you talk – keep going, Tark. No, that's good. Yeah. What I was going to say is – as you're talking about all of this, we just filmed a reaction video that one of our members sent in of Lamar Jackson training in the sand. And you've seen people training in the sand and you talk about Newton's third law. Um, Just for more people, just to double down on it even more, like talk about why in your, especially in the world of hockey, that just dissipation of force, how poor and bad that is for athletes. Yeah, it's, I mean, the reason athletes like it is because it's more work, right? They feel fatigued. They feel like they're working the muscle more. They feel like they're sweating. But that's not an indication of anything. We know this, right? One of the biggest issues I have with it is not only how much it dissipates the ground reaction force, but, you know, we want to stick that foot in the ground and accelerate into an acceleration position off that. Now you've got the foot sliding away from you, right, which is, completely biomechanically different than what you're doing and that is not what we want to train and you're adding on the the ground reaction force and the dissipation of forces it's like clown work go get out of here you know yeah go (laughs) it's not it's not worth anything if you know you're going to slow them down but you know you take any gifted athlete and you build a relationship you do anything with them they're still going to figure it out they're going to sort it out right they're going to sort out how to play well but yeah. How about any knee injury as you're talking about, you know, the, yeah. the angle of when you want them to come in, like the first thing that I thought of was like, all right, that boot up in the ankle, does injuries go up the chain for somebody who's not as familiar as you are with uh, hockey or ice hockey? And if any of our listeners are out there feeling the same way, yeah. is that a high incidence of injury at the knee? And if so, what are the common injuries? No, I mean, uh, one, strength matters, right? This is where... You know, you can go through all these iterations of, and this, and this is our, this is when it gets tough, right? Because strength matters to this guy at this time, to this athlete Ooh, at this time. Like it doesn't matter to this athlete at this time. Biomechanics matter more. There's always you got to be surfing the curve all the time of for each athlete when it matters, when it doesn't. When does power matter? When does power not matter? Does he have enough of it? Good, he has enough, right? So strength of the VMO, the ankle, the adductors matter, right? Those things hip abduction, hip adduction, that stuff matters in cutting actions, right? So ankle, three-way ankle stuff matters in cutting actions. We make sure they're strong. You know, we don't start them off cutting at 100%, right? With 70% technical stuff working on it. Um, but no, putting putting the, you know, it's, it's more related. Any injury you're going to get isn't really, I mean, the foot position is one thing, but it's also the hip and trunk. If you're behind the foot plant, you're going to get in trouble, right? If you watch Odell Beckham tear his ACL, he's reaching back here, he sticks his foot way in front of him, and he's not kind of over his center of mass a little bit, and his hip was kind of opened up a little bit. So it's not just strength, and it's not just foot position. It's also where the hip is, where the trunk is, where the center of mass is, when you're planting as well. So that's something you need to teach as well. I, I encourage everybody to learn how to cut properly. You'd be, sh- I, I am shocked at how that is it's a big big you know last five years have been all about speed right oh yeah what's your max v bro 
what's your max V and it's all running straight and everything like that, which is valuable. But, um, man, if you, and I ask guys, do you have a model for cutting? Do you have a biomechanical model for cutting? And they all bring out the, the, the five ten five shuttle. I'm like, what? <laughs> like that is not how anybody's going to cut on the field of a field sport athlete or a hockey player. And that's not going to happen. And it's, it's actually, that's where you're going to risk some injury the way they plant the inside foot is wrong and there's a lot of lot of mistakes going on there it's a it's a useless drill if you ask me it's not how athletes cut or should be taught to cut that way but uh, learn cutting quick break from the show to remind you to hit that like and subscribe button it helps us out and it helps you be notified when we have new content get released so again please hit that like and subscribe button if you enjoy this content and with that let's get back to the show To all the coaches out there that are listening that maybe you disagree with me, in my opinion, and I'm curious what your opinion is, when my athletes would change direction, whether we were doing any of our energy system work for change in direction, I never wanted them to touch the ground with their hands. I didn't want them to touch no. the line with their hand. And it, that is not how you change direction on the field. And you can have the same discipline of touching the line with your foot as you do with your hand. It's it, Right. That's right. So now we're getting in, Now we're getting into something very interesting. This is where our jump series come in, right? Now, if you understand jumping, you can really start talking about what type of cut is it, right? The only time to really lower like that is when you're going to take contact on, right? That's it. But if you're cutting just you personally, cutting on air, making a 90, 45 degree cut, 180 degree cut, you, you, I mean, the, the center mass is going to drop a little bit, but I want elastic tendon stuff going on there. Okay, I don't want the muscle contracting that much. It's too slow. Okay, so that's where our jump series comes in. Our jump program comes in to train more short coupling, tendon stuff. You want the cuts to be more of a jumping plyometric nature than you do a muscular nature. And so training the tendons and the muscles to work together, training the thickness of the tendons with short coupling, extensive jumps, things like that, will build up enough to start cutting at full speed now when we get the eccentric strength and some of the strength going on, plus the jumping. That's our model. Our jumping is used really for cutting a lot. You know, it's, it's for acceleration too a little bit or, or for, but that's where the, you know, long coupling stuff we consider for, Stretch, shorten, cycle, and power. Short coupling, we consider for elastic recoil and tenderness stuff, you know, for, for ground reaction times and things like that. So we're always evaluating. We'll, we'll test an athlete and look at their ground contact. Big, strong kid on the ground too much, he's going to get a little more short coupling jumps. You know, tippy-tappy, quick kid, track kid, yeah, you have no power. You might get a little more long coupling jumps, you know, because you can't generate power, especially in contact or if someone's pushing on you. So that's where the jumping can get really specific. You know, we use jumping as a means. We don't think it's going to directly relate to, relate to speed so much, but it can relate to cutting very, very, very well. Very well. <clears throat> what will be some of it, like whether it, it doesn't matter the vector in your guys' opinion and what you found, or does vec, like because they're so novice, hey, let's just get them doing it vertical, and then it does help translate, yeah. or, or how do you go about implementing it? Great question. So we, 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 you know, we look at it as jumping is two feet on the ground, right? And then we look at bounding, and then we look at hopping is you know, bounding one foot to one foot, and then we look at hopping. We're always covering distance, though, when we're jumping. We're never going just really very rare, unless we're testing on a force plate or something, we're going straight up. We're always covering distance when we're jumping. And even even the, the uh, 
you know, not just intensive, but extensive. We're covering distance. So we'll have series of jumps, two feet on the ground, maybe split stance a little bit, two, two feet on the ground. We'll do all these different, we'll even do a little bit of this when we're jumping, and they'll go 15 yards and try to get how many jumps can you, you know, when we're going intensive, we'll measure it, but if not, we'll just look at the springiness. And then we'll go through some, some bounding series and then some hopping series, and we'll change directions and do that. But we'll do both of them. Here's the key. We'll do jumping, so jumping two feet on the ground, short coupling and long coupling, right? So With weight or you would, how do you go about programming it, sorry? Um, but, so typically we'll do body weight. The only time we're gonna do weighted jumps is where we're gonna measure it. That's really all I'm gonna do weighted jumps with, right? We're gonna measure it on a, on a fourth plate or we're gonna measure it on a, on a jump mat. And I've got, I'll, show, I'll tell you my jump series, you know, how we do that, which is pretty fun. We're getting some good numbers with, you know, 14-year-olds jumping 30-something inches. So oh, wow. um, all, all day long we're, we're doing that, you know, all day long. We, we, we probably average about 10 inches on a vertical in, in a year on most of our athletes. We, you know, we've got girls jumping close to 30, 28 inches, so no problem. Yeah, no problem with that. But um, so we're going we're gonna to go through a jump series of, you're going to jump short coupling 10 15 yards then you're going to bound short coupling then you're going to hop short coupling then you're going to taking a quick break from the show to talk to you guys about our sponsor team builder if you have any online training platform needs team builder is the go-to place team builder has the ability to integrate with velocity-based training tools they have the ability to program and have notes and videos for all of your athletes and your clients this is your number one stop shop. Been using it since 2019 when I was working at Towson. So I've used it, love it. Make sure you check it out. Go ahead, click the link down in the description. And with that, let's get back to the show. Jump, deep coupling, long coupling, right? Then you're going to bound long coupling, which is more, it could be a skater strike, could be a deep, deep bound where you're going down and, you know, in, inside elbow a little bit. And then, yeah, and then, and then you're going to hop deep coupling, deep, you know, deep tier coupling stuff. It's a long coupling stuff, which is more balanced hops with one foot out or backwards hops and a little more ground contact time, a little deeper, not deep, deep, like a pistol squat. We don't do that, right? Then we want to start introducing and we'll go through series of extensive and, uh, and bleed, start bleeding into intensive in later years or later months and stuff like that and measure those things. But we've got a nice and really nice jump program with our weights that we do. It's just, it's, it's, we don't need to Olympic lift anymore. If you follow this type of program, like this type of program, we don't need to. You know, if you're good at it and you like coaching it, fine, but it's just, I don't see it. I don't see the, the benefits that we're seeing. So we'll, we'll take, You'll take a certain percentage of her one rep max, and usually a, a strong high school kid will start at 25 pounds in each hand, and you'll give me a max vertical jump on a, on a, on a jump mat. Then you'll rest 90 seconds, and you'll give me one without. And we'll do two or three rounds of that, right? So, and, and you record your best jump that day, and we'll do this twice a week in the off season. Next week, you'll go to 30. So we wave load it. You'll go to 30s, you'll give me, give me your best jump with weight, best jump without, two to three jumps of each. Next week, you'll go to 35s. The fourth, fourth week, you're back down to 25, trying to beat that record from three weeks ago, your original 25 record. And you'll see a kid beat it by an inch or so. And so that just keeps climbing. That's our weighted jump series that we put people through for years and years and years. 
and you just keep roll, you keep wave loading through that 25, 30, 35, 25, 30, 35. You keep going through and tracking it for a year, and we start seeing changes. Now we see a plateau. We might make some changes, you know, and do something or look at fatigue factors or something like that. Most people, when they're athletes, plateau. They look to add some stuff. We take stuff away. <laughs> look at some lifestyle things, and it takes a little less squatting, a little less this. Um, you know, maybe a little, little more of this, but a little more rest and recovery is what we usually look for. So, when you're doing your jump stuff, <clears throat> are you programming that? Like you said, you're not doing Olympic lifts. Is that right. in your A block power block, or is that yep. Yep. at the end of yep. the warm up? How do you go about programming it? No, typically it's in the A block power block. A lot of times we do it with a potentiation off the squat. You'll squat for you'll so you'll you'll come in and you'll do some warm up drills and work on some cutting technique or some just some technical stuff as a warm up. And then you'll go through our jump series. You'll jump, you'll leap or you'll jump, you'll hop, you'll you'll bound in deep here and short coupling stuff. And then uh and then you may go right to the power series of jumping or you may squat first and then jump after. So it's for some potentiation and things like that. So we might play around with a little contrast training or a little something like that as well for more advanced guys. And then you're on to the rest of your program, whatever you, whatever we programmed for you, you know, that you need, you know, whatever it is. So usually building general strength after that or, you know, we can get into some specific technical stuff. Specialized exercises can come in when you're ready, you know, before you do the jumping and the weight training too. So after, after the jumps, we can go into some stuff. I like a lot of Doc Yes's specialized exercise stuff for athletes. I, I, I find that to be valuable. Even at Plus early ages that. for any of them? Oh, yeah. Early ages for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still think some of the basics of running, you know, knee drive, paw backing, ankle extension, those three things that, that Doc Yes's preaches, I think those are fundamental in, in, in teaching you know, how to feel that and, and strengthen that slowly and, and have some motor control in that, right? Um, you know, that, that's probably the, if you want to be a performance coach and really produce world champions and first-round draft picks and Heisman Trophy winners, you probably got to understand a little bit of motor learning as well, 